Good afternoon and welcome. It's midday. I'm Tom Hall. Thanks for hanging with us. I appreciate it. Our news partners at the Baltimore Banner report this morning that Baltimore State's attorney Ivan Bates has dropped the case against Keith Davis, who has been tried four times in the murder of Kevin Jones in 2015. During his campaign for state's attorney, Bates had indicated that he would drop the charges against Davis. He recused himself from the review process of the case, which took place after he took office early this month. Former state's attorney Marilyn Mosby has long held that Davis is guilty of this crime, and she was planning on retrying him in May of this year. In two of Davis's four trials, juries were not able to come to a unanimous verdict. In the other two trials, in which juries did reach a guilty verdict, judges overturned those verdicts. The Banner is also reporting that yesterday, the Baltimore State's Attorney's Office declined to file criminal charges against two Baltimore police officers who shot and killed Donnell Rochester. That shooting was the subject of several protests. An investigative report concluded that in February of last year, Rochester, an 18-year-old from Odenton, was driving in the direction of an officer when police opened fire. Prosecutors concluded that the shooting was lawful self-defense. This week, there were leadership shakeups at two city agencies. Jason Mitchell, who came to Baltimore from Oakland, California 20 months ago, announced that in April, he'll resign his position as the director of the Department of Public Works. And Donna Drew Sawyer, the CEO of the Baltimore Office of Promotion and the Arts, was forced out of her position after Mayor Brandon Scott demanded her resignation. I am joined now by two Baltimore City Councilmen, Zeke Cohen, who represents the 1st District in South Baltimore, and Yitzi Schleifer, who represents District 5 in Northwest Baltimore. They join me on Zoom. So, gentlemen, welcome to you both. Thanks for coming back. And Councilman Schleifer, let me start with you. Um, You sent a letter, uh, you and uh, Councilman Cohen sent a letter to uh, Jason Mitchell uh, on Monday. Uh, He announced his resignation uh, two or three hours after that letter was made public. We're not quite sure if there was a direct correlation between the letter and his decision, but um, you said that uh, had he not been able to reinstitute weekly recycling pickup uh, in eight weeks, that you would call for his resignation. Why is weekly pickup of recycling so important? So, Tom, first of all, thanks for having us on. And, you know, this is bigger than just uh, one service that they provide. This is about all the services that uh, DPW provides. And Baltimore residents deserve to receive all of the services that uh, their taxpayer dollars are paying for. And so uh, it's just important that we have the right leadership in place to ensure uh, that the communities and the citizens are receiving uh, the services that that they have um, uh, that they have budgeted and they're paying their tax money to receive. Um, and so that's that's what that's the bigger picture here. Well, cities like Nashville, Tennessee, or Boise, Idaho, and many many other cities have biweekly curbside recycling pickup. Um, people, it's not that people can't uh, you know have their recyclables recycled. Um, it's just they have to wait every other week instead of every week. Um, that was the only thing you mentioned specifically in the letter. What are the other things that you uh, are, are disconcerted about with uh, Mr. Mitchell's leadership? 
Sure. So in the letter, we also did mention, you know, the contamination situation in West Baltimore with the possible traces of E. coli. And so what I'm what I'm looking for from the agency um, is that they just follow the law and resume the weekly curbside collections uh, that is in the budget for them to receive uh, to, to perform their services weekly. Um, and I've said at last year's budget hearings, if they want to go to every other week um, and that's something that the mayor wants to move forward with. Uh, that is fine, but then the budget should reflect that accordingly. They shouldn't receive the same amount uh, to perform weekly, uh, every other week as they are weekly. Uh, the other things I'm looking for from the agency, and, and I would say even more importantly, is uh, to ensure clean and safe drinking water. Uh, they also need to uh, ensure that we're getting accurate and timely water bills. Um, and we shouldn't need the state to uh, run our wastewater treatment plants. And so those are some of the, the key things that uh, the, the DPW agency as a whole um, owes the owes the the people of Baltimore, uh, and, and so that's what we've been advocating for. Yeah, and Councilman Cohen, um, the DPW uh, report that they commissioned from this group called Rubicon uh, uh, claims that biweekly pickup of the recycling uh, is a demonstration of their commitment to equity. I'm personally not quite sure how biweekly recycling pickup pickup uh, relates to equity, but I wonder uh, if you understand that claim and and your response to it. Uh, no, Tom, I don't. Um, I, I would just say that for us, we see our role as city council members in some ways as being the oversight branch of the city of government. It's really important for Councilmember Schleifer and I and all of our colleagues that when our agencies are not performing basic city services, that we raise our voices and expect more on behalf of our residents. And so in this instance, I don't know what equity has to do with not picking up weekly recycling. We know that our most uh, economically and racially disinvested neighborhoods are where we often see the most issues with illegal dumping, trash, um, and recycling being left out. And so to me, that is not only a false argument, but it is not an argument at all. I will also say that for Councilmember Schleifer and I, we feel it's really important to not just complain but also provide some workable solutions. So first and foremost, we fundamentally believe that our frontline sanitation workers are heroes and they deserve a raise. Just like other essential services, they suffered during COVID-19. We had one worker uh, die in the line of duty. Um, it, it, it is a tremendously stressful and dangerous job. And they are quite frankly, underpaid. When we look at comparable surrounding jurisdictions, they're underpaid. And when we look at the toll that that job can take on your body and on your mental health and on your well-being, we believe that in this upcoming budget, we must do more to support the frontline sanitation workers that are working ridiculous hours right now. At my house last night, they came at around 845 at night. Um, the second thing that we recommend is in the interim, as we rebuild our workforce, that we do bring on some contractors. That is not a permanent solution, but in the interim, while we are struggling as an agency to rebuild after COVID, after the workforce shortage, 
we do believe, and Councilmember Schleifer and I have personally called contracting companies that are willing to do more for the city to pick up routes to support um, where we need help. And we think that's a really workable solution in the short term. On Monday, which is the day that your letter was released to the public, uh, the day that Mr. Mitchell resigned, uh, it was also the day that Mayor Brandon Scott appeared on our program. This is part of what he had to say when we talked about recycling. As you said, there are three issues at the moment. Lack of personnel, right? Don't have the recycling workers to drive us to resume it. Lack of equipment. Truck maintenance is putting vehicles out of service. And we don't have the fleet numbers to replace the vehicles that are in the shop. Now, these have to be custom vehicles. So, and that I want this to be very clear. There's a delay in getting new vehicles due to the ongoing supply chain issues. We ordered those vehicles year, uh, over a year ago, almost two years ago. And Councilman uh, Schleifer, Mm-hmm. The report, uh, this Rubicon report, which also came out on Monday, the DPW released it Monday morning, said that for recycling, uh, the routes, the recycle routes, and uh, Councilman uh, Cohen was just referring to this given how late they showed up at his house last night. Uh, the indus- industry standard is 1,300 stops per route, but the current average in Baltimore is 2,600 stops per route. It's more than 100% of the recommended levels. What about the mayor's point that uh, with 700 people short uh, in terms of the the workforce at DPW uh, and the, the fact that these trucks are on back order because of supply chain issues, um, h- how is this problem uh, other than, you know, contractors, as, as Councilman Cohen mentions, that's a, 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 a temporary fix to be sure, but, but long term, how is it sustainable? Well, that's, that's a great question because we, we know that this has been an issue for a long time now. We encouraged them um, over a year ago um, to place the orders for the equipment that they would need because we saw supply chain uh, taking a lot longer, which now, thankfully, it's coming back down to, to pre-COVID levels for a lot of different equipment. Uh, but that actually touches on something else that was included in our, our letter that the mayor um um, that the mayor was talking about on your show. Uh, and that's there's uh, this Clean Corps program that they're planning on spending $15 million of ARPA money on. And they're looking to have different community groups uh, purchase their own equipment, hire their own personnel, and go ahead and clean up in their neighborhoods. And they're planning on spending $15 million over two years to clean up 15 neighborhoods. And so what they're actually doing is they're actually competing, um, creating competition for themselves. So if the city is having trouble hiring um, people in uh, solid waste, why would smaller nonprofits and other groups be able to hire folks better than the city? The city has has better compensation than they're going to be offering. And the city also has better um, health plans and, and other benefits. And so what they're actually doing is they're actually making the issue a lot worse uh, by having these groups go ahead and compete and order equipment, which which then after two years, who knows where all that in- equipment and infrastructure is going to be going. And then also to hire people um, that, that really should just be coming and working for the city long term instead of taking a, a two-year position uh, with a community group. And so that is that I find to be uh, a, a big challenge here with getting the service back up and running. And Councilman Cohn and I have uh, successfully fought uh, for positions to be converted. There was um, temporary workers who we had converted to full-time uh, salary and benefit workers. They received raises that were 
in the neighborhood of, of six over six dollars uh, an hour and getting full city benefits. And we also successfully fought for getting every solid waste worker a $500 bonus uh, around the holidays last year. So we're, we're looking to make sure that these workers are receiving the compensation that they're getting paid in private, private companies and other jurisdictions. And it's not helpful when we have a need for infrastructure that we're giving, giving away $15 million to other uh, organizations to compete uh, in that same space. And Col uh, Councilman Cohen, uh, what happens now? Uh, Jason Mitchell has announced he's going to retire. He cited family uh, and health reasons, uh, but he's not going to leave until April. So there'll be a search, you know, another national search, like the one that resulted in Mr. Mitchell's being hired. Um, what, what do you expect will happen now? Is your demand for uh, weekly uh, re resumption of weekly recycling pickup uh, still in place? I mean, there'll be an acting director, I assume, of uh, DPW. Uh, and, and, and what happens in this interregnum between uh, Mr. Mitchell's leaving and uh, whenever the new permanent person is appointed? So, Tom, I do want to first take the opportunity to thank Director Mitchell for his service to the city of Baltimore. He came here from Oakland, California, in a very difficult time during the pandemic, where we've seen jurisdictions across the country struggle with solid waste and pickup. That being said, though, it really remains Councilman Schleifer and our colleagues and my job to hold our agencies accountable and make sure they are delivering on the services that we all collectively pay for. And so what that means for us is we want to partner with the administration, with the mayor, um, with Director Mitchell while he is still in office to make sure we are moving toward greater efficiencies and we are getting these routes back up and running. What we believe fundamentally, and my colleague was just alluding to this, is that our folks are underpaid in this work. It is really hard to compete for workforce when we're undermining our own selves by putting out $15 million of ARPA money to pay um, community groups to pick up the trash. And we owe it to everyone, all of Baltimore, to make sure basic city services are running. So for us, we, are, we stand ready to serve and support the mayor's vision toward getting this service fully up and running. We will work with whoever is in seat whether that's Director Mitchell or whoever comes next, because fundamentally at the end of the day, we see this as a problem that can be solved and that must be solved because just like Councilman Schleifer led with, it is not just about the recycling itself, which in and of itself is extremely important as we think about environmental sustainability and the future of our planet. It's really more about city services generally and Baltimoreans having faith that their government can produce. And so we want to work in partnership with Mayor Scott, with his administration, with anyone, um, whether they're in the public or private sector, that can help us get this service back online. And Councilman Schleifer, uh, we just have a couple of minutes left. I do want to uh, ask you about the situation at BOPA, the Baltimore Office of Promotion in the Arts. Donna Drew Sawyer has resigned. This follows a decision uh, announced by BOPA to cancel the Martin Luther King Day parade on Monday. That parade has been reinstated. Uh, the mayor has taken a person from BOPA, Tanya Miller-Hall. She's leaving BOPA. She's now working directly for the mayor. She's going to organize events in 
including this parade. Um, Councilman Schleifer, do you think that BOPA should continue to exist or should that be reimagined and, and rethought? Well, look, you know, I I always um, appreciated the work that Ms. Sawyer did uh, while at the helm of BOPA. Uh, the past few years have been extremely challenging across the board uh, because of the issues brought on by the pandemic. And uh, and so therefore, you know, some of these large scale festivals have have had to get cut back. Like um, and so, you know, I see this past situation uh, just being a, an issue where there was resources and others that that needed to come together um, that were outside of the control of BOPA. And so, you know, I think BOPA does uh, provide a valuable service uh, to uh, to Baltimore and to the region. Uh, and so from what I see from my standpoint, I would like to see uh, those services and those events uh, continuing. All right. We Tom, were... if I if I could just briefly. Yeah, real quick, because a... we're out of time. Mm hmm. Just that there is a real need to engage our arts community in a more deep, more meaningful way. People love these festivals. We have such a vibrant creative class in this city who are willing to roll up their sleeves and do the work. And so I think it's incumbent on us in government and BOPA and whoever to make sure we are listening and we are putting our own local artists to work. All right. Good point. And we are going to talk about BOPA next week here on Midday, Yitzi Schleifer represents District 5. Zeke Cohen represents District 1 on the Baltimore City Council. Gentlemen, thank you both. Uh, appreciate it, and uh, happy Martin Luther King Day. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Coming up, there's also going to be a leadership change at the Baltimore Symphony Orchestra, and folks are really excited about it. Mark Hansen is the president and CEO of the BSO. He's going to join me on the other side of a quick break to tell us about their new music director and their plans moving forward. I'm Tom Hall. Stay with us. This is 88.1 WYPR.